able to adapt changes is very important. Like for us, right, pandemic ch- changed people's you know habit from housing, communication to transportation, right? Which mm. means we have to move fast to to service the people in you know many other housing market because mm. we're starting from Bay Area. Right now, we realize people are moving to Austin, people to moving to Idaho Falls. So we have to figure out, okay, how we actually can helping those people. Mm. And well, it's challenging for us because we're in the real estate sector and it's a local, it's really, real estate's a local business. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademark. And if you ever need help with your patent or trademark, just go to strategymeeting.com and we're always here to help. Now, today is another special episode, and they're all special, but I like this, even these ones, even more than normal, which is it's the six months, where are they at now? And this is really introducing people we've had previously on the podcast, so you should go back and listen to those episodes, but then telling their story of now, how the last six months go? You know, did everything play out just the way you wanted, or is there something else that you had to pivot, adjust, or anything else? So with that... We, the person we're having on today, the re- person that w- uh, with the uh, the last episode is Mao Du. Now, if you remember, Mao was her original business was Co Home, and where it was is basically helping first time homeowners be able to invest in or get a home that they can't afford on their own. So, if you to think of, let's take a New York or a California or Utah is getting this way where I'm at, and everywhere else where you're getting expensive homes or it's getting difficult for a first-time homeowner to be able to save up and be able to afford a home because it's just out of their reach. And so Mao, is, uh, she was looking and addressing this problem saying, how can we help first-time home buyers in order to actually, rather than just rent for their whole lives, be able to save up or, to other, or have other people go in and own the home together, or co-ownership of the home, which is then where you get co-home. So that was where kind of we left off six months and now we have Mao back on to tell us a little bit more about where she at and what pivots they've made, what other things they've learned, and all, everything and every, all in between. So, with that much as an introduction, welcome onto the podcast, Mal. Hey, Devin. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, so, our platform is called Co Home, and we just launched actually. Uh, we actually launched in December 8th, and mm. uh, it was a good, successful launch, and have several um, reporters from NBC Bay Area. Uh, BBC News reach out mm. to us and to do a feature and also right now we're ramping up all the testimonial and uh, have the new feature coming up because we have to learn always learning from the customers and and other people at the same time so we're actually gonna wrapping up new version mm. uh, even after we actually just launched like last week so yeah it's very exciting and we actually learn a lot we currently partner with the local brokerage firms like Cowell Banker, Kellogg William, those big firms, and start doing co-marketing and go-to-market uh, next early next year. So very excited. No, and first of all, congratulations on launching. I think that's always a major step. And, you know, as I've done businesses before, you always kind of, you get so busy with doing so many things that you never really take a breath or you stop to think, hey, we actually made a good milestone. So that's always one thing that you launch, you actually get it going up and running. People can use it. That's a big deal. So congratulations on getting that uh, recently launched and getting that going. 
Now, there's a few things I we you know we chatted before the podcast. You made some pivots. You also learned some things along the way. So maybe uh, you know the first thing is tell us a little bit about the pivots you made, some of the things that you, and also some of the things you learned along the way as to what you have done done over the last six months that made things better, made things different, and everything that's going on. So give it. Yep. Let us know what where you've been at and what you've been doing. Okay, great. Yeah, so uh, we actually, initially, when we um, wrote about our beta version into market, hmm. we only targeting first-time buyer because we thought only first-time buyer needs this kind of co-ownership opportunity to access home ownership. But then we start having some early investor, uh, sorry, early customers come in and they say, hey, we are open to a co-ownership. We, we like hmm. the idea. We love the idea. But the thing is, we don't have enough down payment. And at the same time, we actually have investors coming in, are thinking mm. about um, having opportunity to co-investing with other investors. Mm. So the we were thinking about, you know, maybe, you know, what 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 how we had solved the problem for down payment part, mm. right? We do know that state local have some incentive about down payment, but that's a totally different thing because mm. those are ones that are, let you get into the housing market, but they, they set the uh, final resale price. So basically, mm. it's not really your, uh, your house. You cannot fully um, capitalize it or sell your house at the end. You have to sell back to the government at a pre- predetermined price. So that's, that's mm. different. That's different, mm. right? Mm. So that's why we figured it out. And then the customer saying, hey, if you guys can actually find some investors helping us with down payment, we would love to try that model. Hmm. So that kind of kind of questions and you know early experiment that actually lead us to talk to our investors, customers. We say, hey, you guys actually open to invest for first home buyer, and in exchange for substantial um, equities in a home ownership. But mm. at the same time, you can help other people to get into their, you know, get their foot into the housing market. And they're okay to do so, right? So, so far, actually, there's a couple uh, investor type, which is they're put their money into the for, uh, down payment for first some buyer in exchange for debt mm. financing, which is, you know, looking for high yield, especially mm. right now, given the interest rates low, doesn't make sense for them to do so. Mm. Or they say, hey, we, uh, we thinking this housing market going to grow and we're just uh, put the money in, in the down payment for you guys in exchange for uh, 30% and 40% of the uh, equity with you guys. So that to me is actually, you know, a learning thing because I never mm. thought that this kind of model could work until they actually come down together and willing to meet and connect a draft agreement and close the home through mm. us. So that's really a milestone. And that's a, that's, that's really brings up, brings more, brings more target for a co-home. Mm. And also we can leverage investors to help more people for first time buyer. No. And I like the, I like the approach, you know, as simple as it sounds of you listening to the customers to, Hey, this is the thing that's holding us back from using your system, or this is a difficulty we have. 
you know, too often is a, is a, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a startup person, you have, hey, I have a vision of what the product is and how it's going to work. And you, you want you to start building it and you get deeper and deeper into it. You don't want to step back. You don't want to change things because you think you know the, you know what's best, so to speak. But I think that to your point, you know, if you're listening to your customers, if you're saying, what are the issues that they're finding? What are they running into? What are they not being able to, why are they not using our product? Or what do we need to do to make it easier for them to use our product? That can be a big deal difference between a successful company versus one that people never use because it doesn't fit with what they need. So I, you know, first of all, kudos to you guys on that. Yeah. So exactly. I'll go ahead. And so yeah. I think that you mentioned that there was another, one other pivot, and then we'll talk about a few other things that you learned along the way as well is you also, you know, kind of almost dovetailing is you found that investors were also a good avenue, not just people that were wanting co, you know, to co-own a home, but investors are also another good client. So maybe talk a little bit about that as to how you started to incorporate those that wanted to do the investors and how you leverage that for your platform. Yes. So the investors that are reaching out to us and start looking for home through our platform and find other investors, we actually uh, keep continuing conversation with them because they want to learn why they actually use our product. So through that, we actually learned that um, the most important factor for investor to thinking about this mm. co-ownership approach is, first of all, they don't want to put all their assets into one pocket, right? They want to actually be able to uh, put, a, put their money into several different states or different mm. properties mm. so that to mitigate risk, especially right now, the, the people are starting, you know, moving away from the big cities and they go to the Idaho, they go to Boise, they go to um, Austin's. So it's just everywhere. So investors, they're like, okay, seems like I have to put the investment in several different regions other than just California, right? Mm. So so that's why investors are thinking about to um, kind of like allocate their assets, diversify their assets even more than previously. And and invest for investor like they 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 know that the the investment in real estate has to be leveraged someone that have the local expertise and contact. So mm-hmm. and also at the same time, if let's say they say if they actually invest with someone else in a different region, mm-hmm. they could invest at the same time they can they could leverage their investment partners to manage the property for them. So they don't have to pay that 8% property management fee. So that's actually another good point that I want to point out why the investor would like to do this co-ownership approach. Hmm. So in other words, it's almost a, a similar idea to why two or first-time homeowners may want to co-own a home in the sense that they they might not have the money to own or, you know, to be able to do it by themselves. You're saying investors, maybe not so much just purely on the money side, but on the side of, hey, we want to diversify. We want to have a bigger portfolio, different locations to reduce our risk. And we don't want to have to buy the home maybe all on our own, but we just like to have a portion of the home. So you have multiple investors that are now almost co-owning the home together is an investment property in order to spread or spread or spread the risk and diversify. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And especially right now, I think given the pandemic, 
Like mm. people are actually moving everywhere, right? Right now, people are thinking about, oh, hell, I actually should just find a place, find a, move to the state, have no income tax. That's why you going, you can see people are moving to Seattle, people are moving to uh, Idaho's or lower, cheaper, you know, cheaper labor areas. So I think that's the first step. People, mm. the next step, people are were thinking about, hey, if I'm gonna forever work from home. I, instead of just living in one place, I want to have a multiple place to travel mm. because I don't have to work near the work, right? Near the job. Mm. So I think the fraction ownership makes sense because you get to, with limited assets, you've got to um, get access to, to a different uh, properties uh, allocated into a different, you know, m- many more places. So you get to, you get to travel, you get to stay there, you get to, you know, just give you more like a different, a whole new avenue. No, no. And I I think that makes complete sense as to why that might be a potential customer, maybe one that you didn't necessarily think of right out of the shoot, but why it certainly makes sense. They do want to leverage a lot of the same technology and platform that you guys are building. Now you mentioned, you know, those are a couple pivots you made along the way, but is there anything else, other things that you've learned over the last six months, as far as getting the business up and running about, you know, people to work with people not to work with how you or set up the company, how you market, how you sell any or all of the above kind of what were any other things that you learned along the way in the last six months? Sure. There are three things that I think I learned a lot uh, during that six months. Hmm. Uh, I mean, of course, startup is always a learning experience for everyone, even especially for a founder, like first time founder like me, mm. right? I think that the process is tough, is long and lonely. And I think the patience and grit is very important, right? Mm. Lots of up and downs and you need to be patient to see your progress and company growth. Mm. Just don't give up, right? I, and I've heard that the first financing is always difficult. Once mm. you get, prove your market, you know, prove your concept and get market profit, then other people will start, you know, using your product and they will, it will become much easier. So you, I guess you have to just like be, you know, be brave enough to, to get there first and mm. then the different avenue will come in. So, um, but once you actually get financing, you know, after series A and series B, well, you probably need to think about how to get your, you hit your sales milestone, but that's a totally different story. Uh, but for early stage startup, we you, you just need to be patient enough and to believe. And also, in the early days, people believe in your product, right? Early customers, early pe- become people that are willing to talk to you, um, mm. willing to help you, and especially your crew, right? The people who were willing trust you and work for you. Those are people you should have really appreciated. And yeah, by the way, giving this opportunity, thanks Devin to give me this opportunities to, to speak myself about my journey and help, help every one of you guys are currently listening to this episode or get insights and resonate with it. No, and I, you hit on a couple of things that I, I certainly think are good lessons to learn a lot, you know, along the way. And I think Honestly, whether you're the a first time founder, you're the a 20th time founder, that grit and determination, because I think almost every startup that I'm aware of, and I think it holds true, you're going to hit points in during the startup that aren't fun, that aren't working out the way you think, that aren't going, that you, you wonder, should I give up? Did I make the right decision? Is this all going to work out? And having that grit and determination, I think is one that 
you know, as cliche as it is, it, it holds true in the sense that if you don't have that, if you're not willing to push through, you're not going to make it as a founder and vice versa. You can make through make it through a lot of things if you're willing to stick with it. Now, it doesn't mean to your point, you don't pivot. You may have to adjust. You may have to change and you may not do the exact same thing that you were started out with. But, to right. your, you know, you still have to have that grit and determination. I also love the second point that you made, which is, you know, if you're working with investors and, and you know, people that are putting their faith in whether it's friends and family around whether it's institutional investors any you know angel investors or anybody else they're along with the ride they you don't know when you start if it's going to be successful if it's going to work out you think it is you have faith otherwise you wouldn't start but you don't know if whether or not it's going to be successful and too often it's too easy to hey thank you for the money you take their money and then you kind of forget about them oh yeah they invested and then now they're now i'm just doing my own thing and it's, it, they are along for the ride and they're helping you out and they want you to win and they're your champion so to have that gratitude and to make sure that you share with your successes and tell them thank you for having exactly. the faith and to support you, I think is an important thing to hit on. Exactly. Anything else that you hit on? You mentioned three. Is there anything else that uh, <laughs> you, you've learned along the way that we haven't touched on? Yeah. So uh, I think uh, in this, you know, especially we are a startup that are um, launching during this crisis, right? Mm. It's probably people will questioning like how you guys can make it through and like what what do you guys to pivot or what other things that you have to do um you know compared to up you know compared to the startup that are, that are launching in different time frame or so i would say you know able to adapt changes is very important like for us right pandemic ch- change people's you know habit from housing communication to transportation right mm. which means we have to move fast to to service the people in you know many other housing market because mm-hmm. we're starting from bay area right now we realize people are moving to austin people to mm-hmm. moving to idaho falls so we have to figure out okay how we actually can helping those people mm-hmm. and well it's challenging for us because we're in the real estate sector and it's a local it's really it's real estate it's a local business so mm-hmm. it, it you can't just like turn your API or MLS listing to those region and then you can start business. You have to talk to the people in that region and to be figured out what's their, what's the target realtors, what's your target lenders willing to uh, partner with you. What's their target, what's the target customers in that region. You see, Mm. it's totally different game, totally different the thing. So we have to be, you know, move really fast to get the markets research down and, and, and align with the business partners to be able to actually um, be able to um, go with this thing, go with this trend. Mm. And, um, and but, but by the way, I think housing markets in general is pretty good during the pandemic. Mm. We can also see, right, especially residential, because people spend more time at home. They're willing to mm. uh, have a bigger yard, you know, bigger house. And so we, we just have to really uh, work hard to be able to uh, take this, you know, tailwind, I guess. Mm. No, and I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of things that learned along the way. And I like how you also always have to be watching the market, right? Almost to your point of, hey, if people are leaving California as an example, and they are going to Texas or they're going to Idaho or whatever place state they're going, then you need to be where your customers are at, right? Rather yes. than... Rather than just try and get the customers where they're not and trying to 
say this is where I live or this is where we're headquartered or based. Let's figure out where they're at and then let's make sure that we address that. So I, I like that as as a as a as a comment and thought. Now, invest. I think one of the other things we talked a little bit about was investor update, and you kind of or you've had some updates or some things that were going on with investors, or I can't remember if it was looking for investors. You already got investment dollars. You're wanting more investment dollars, and I would say most startups are always looking for investor dollars because you're wanting to grow and to build. But I, I think you mentioned that, so maybe give us an update there. Yeah, we uh, by that time six months ago we actually was uh, looking for angel round, mm. and we actually got some angel uh, funds. Uh, for mm. the business, but right now, since we have the product and we have started doing the business, and we already have the pipeline, sales pipeline with local brokerage firms. So right now, we're actually looking for uh, a VC firm financing uh, for for the seat round. So mm. very excited, and right now we're talking to several big, big time VCs uh, in the valley, and uh, we're 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 actually um, negotiating with the terms, stuff like that. So. It's definitely it's making a much big progress than last time we talk. Well, that's awesome. No, I think that, you know, it's always interesting to see, you know, every time you raise is a bit of a difference, especially when you're going from pre-seed seed or then you go to series A or series B. It's always a different animal because you're working with different types of investors. They want different information. They evaluate you differently and they're looking for different metrics. So first of all, congrats on closing the earlier rounds and now good luck with closing these rounds as they're both different animals. <laughs> Well, as we start to wrap up and as we continue forward, now you're looking at the next, you know, we've, we're six months in from the, last, the first time we talked, but now looking again, six to 12 months out. So the, that, that next six to 12 months, where do you see things going? What's kind of in the roadmap or what's the plan and where do you, what do you think will happen? So for the next six months, I think, uh, I think the sales will be the uh, focus for the business, which is mm. um, figure out what are the target realtor or brokerage, brokerage firms are willing to use your product um, to uh, serve their needs, um, mm. uh, to serve their sales goal. Um, figuring out that out. And then also as well as lenders as well. Mm. And then once we figure that out in the next six months, we need to really have, have a, you know, partner with as many lenders, as many brokerage firms as possible to have our sales milestone. So I think next six months to a year will be extremely um, critical for us mm. to to be able to success. So now, now dovetailing right into that, so people that are wanting to help you or participate in the net or the current fundraising round, they want to be a uh, you know their real estate, they want to be an investor, they want to co-partner with you, they're a first-time customer that wants to use your platform any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, find out more, start to use, you know, use your system, invest in you or anything else? Thank you. Yes, uh, we, our website address is cohome.com, C-O-H-O-M-E.com. Very easy to find us. And then our contact information is, you can also just shoot us an email at hello at cohome.com. And we're very responsive. Uh, to the emails and inquiries, whether you're investors uh, looking for uh, properties or investors looking for equity financing, we uh, we we can talk offline. Thank you. All so right. Much. Well, I- 
I definitely encourage if you're looking to to get into home ownership and you I think this is a great platform and it's a great way to make that entrance or if you're an investor or you're on the investor side either wanting to participate in the fundraising round or to be one of the investors that participates in the platform or any or all of the above definitely encourage you to reach out to either go to cohome.com or is it hello at cohome.com and reach out to them. Well thank you again Mal for coming on it's been fun it's been a pleasure. Now, if you are a listener that uh, wants to share your story, if it's a first story or you have six months and we've already had you on, we'd love to hear anything. We always love to share the journeys as inventors and co-founders and founders. Um, Go to inventivejourneyguest.com, apply to be on the podcast. Now, if you're already a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get notifications as all the new and awesome episodes come out. And last but not least, if you are uh, ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law by going to strategymeeting.com, and we're always here to help. Thank you again, Mao. It's been a pleasure, and I wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. Thank you so much, Devin.